All right, everybody, you have tuned in to another episode of the Other Stuff Podcast. Congratulations. Uh, I am Sweets, and I'm here once again with Dubs. Hey, girl. Hi. <laughs> well, I was just about to say one of the founding fathers, but that might not be true. Um, so, And we have another uh, another episode with our special guest, Starseed. What up, guys? What's the dilly? How you guys doing? Dubs, what's going on over there? This is your cousin from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's it. your towel. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 uh, Dubs and I are a couple cigars deep here, and uh, we're starting to get into some uh, some heavy conversation. Uh, the three of us were just talking about relationships. Oh Jesus! And we decided that we wanted to include you in the conversation. So, welcome to our conversation about relationships. Welcome to the dark side. Yes, <laughs> it's gonna get weird, folks. It's gonna get weird. Right. It's gonna get wicked weird. And I mean, yeah. in all honesty, if you don't have some fucked up relationship stories, I mean, what are you doing? Come on. Right. Like you got to learn some shit. So yeah. get out there and fuck a couple up. Yeah. And yeah. figure out what you want, what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, if you met your high school sweetheart, married them, had two and a half kids and a dog and white picket fences and lived happily ever yeah, after. Yeah, shut, like, shut the podcast Yeah, it ain't for you. Keep <laughs> it fucking moving, bro. You don't even want to know what some of us have been through. Yeah, just keep it moving. You know what I mean? Unless you're one of those people that just likes to, you know, look at a train wreck. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm pretty sure. Didn't we least. do a whole episode on why people like to watch train wrecks? We did. Well, enjoy no, was, other people's fucked up tragedies it, and stuff. It was what would people do for money? And we Ooh. talked about all the crazy shit that people would do and why they like to watch that shit, right? Yeah. Yes. That was a good yeah, episode. That was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Listen to that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Pause this one. Go back, listen to that one, and then come back to this one. This is going to be a good episode. That's, That's fine. That's we get a taste of what we like. So so I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a middle-aged man. I'm in my 40s. And, um, you know, I have a pretty significant amount of fucked up relationships. Uh, none of which I'm currently in, so you can imagine they all, they all ended. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's uh, it, it's there's a theme, okay. right? I'm the theme. Okay. <laughs> let's just hey. let's just call it what it is. I am the theme. Uh, you know, whether it's the people I choose, or it's how I present myself in the relationships, or my own, you know, deficiencies, insecurities, fears, whatever I bring, I bring them all. I bring I bring my bag. I open up my backpack, and I'm like, this is what's going on. And it either, you know, well, they, they all don't work, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't end up working yeah, out so well. None of them have worked. So. <laughs> yeah. What about I you guys? That. Do you bring Do you bring a lot of stuff? I mean, I feel like it's impossible for you not to bring yeah. your own baggage. Like, it is, right. I mean, the relationship I'm in is the happiest relationship I've ever been in. And I'll dig in on the story about it in a little while later mm-hmm. on in the episode. But, like, even coming into this, happy as can be, you know, I was already in my 30s. I'd already been married and divorced. I've been in multiple multi-year relationships where I lived with the person and they all failed, including mm. my first marriage. So, mm. like, everybody brings their shit. Right. Whether you intend to bring your shit or not, you do. But, like, you don't even think about your baggage until it becomes a problem. Yeah. Like, right. planning a second wedding got weird because it's my second wedding. Right. I've already had a wedding. So I actually already had a bunch of insight into how we could do a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) But like part of the planning process was, well, you know, this is your second wedding. It's not as important. Like I heard that from family members and I'm like, fuck you. I'm marrying the person I should have married in the first place. Mm -hmm. Right. Like who cares if it's my second fucking wedding? Mm -hmm. Like good point. The wedding is literally a party. Like that's all it is. Like, this is the person that I'm 100% going to spend the rest of my life with, whether it's because she kills me early or we live a long <laughs> life together. This but is the person the I'm going to spend yeah. the rest of my life with. So, like, be happy for me, maybe? Like, I don't know. Side note. I saw a post uh, on social media a couple weeks ago where this woman was like, 
Why would I spend $30,000 on a party for my family to watch me only to spend a few thousand dollars on a week vacation with the person I really love? Yeah. Why wouldn't I just spend a couple thousand dollars on a shitty party to celebrate for them yep. and then spend $30,000 on the fucking best vacation of my life? Hell yeah. And I was like, that's a, that's a damn good idea. Hell yeah. Dude, we had the same thought. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, like... I don't know. I mean, we both want to have the party and we both want to do the wedding. And now it, it's coming up in August. And with the whole COVID-19 thing, it's yeah. probably going to fuck up my whole wedding plan. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I would have rather take in, you know, 25,000 sunk it in my house, 10,000 on a vacation and yep. fucking right. backyard barbecue party with $800 worth of catering. for the Burgers family. and dogs, Hell folks. Yeah. Get them in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Do you know how many people you can feed on a... frozen Bubba burgers? Come on. I only no. bought so many. Those are so good, though. I only bought so, so many. <laughs> if you don't know what Bubba burgers are, please fucking go to any grocery store. Get <laughs> yourself some frozen Black Angus Bubba burgers. Oof. That's the jam. The jam. The and jam. if you guys who make those are listening, you can happily pay for an ad on this podcast mm-hmm. at some point. That is correct. And you can pay for it in Black Angus fucking Bubba burgers yep. and will happily accept. Easily. Easily, yes. Very yeah. Very much so. Not one of us is bitching we about will, that. We will no. eat them on the podcast. Yeah. We will talk about them on the podcast. I will do a whole podcast review on all of your variations of Bubba Burgers. I love that <laughs> yes. shit. Yes. So there's that. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> My relationship with Bubba Burgers is strong. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You're not I getting tell. divorced from Bubba Burgers. <laughs> no, but I think, it's, I think a lot of times we bring shit in that we don't even know we're bringing in because what happens is you get into relationships and you're attracted to the person for a particular reason. They're attracted to you. It's like puzzle pieces fitting together. And each puzzle piece might be a wound. And if each puzzle piece triggers that wound, it then gets reacted to by the other person's wound. And now you're in a dance of mm. two wounds engaging with each other. And now you've sort of lost control of where this is going. And so I find myself a lot of times the theme for me. So like I was in, oh God. All right. So I was in a four-year relationship at the end of high school. Mm-hmm. I was in a year relationship uh, at, after that, a 10-year relationship after that, and then I just ended that last June. Wow. So I've been dating ever since, and I've had actually a couple boyfriends even since then of like three months at a time, which mm-hmm. it ends up just kind of exploding because I think what ends up happening is I what the person they were attracted to, I kind of change mm-hmm. because I lose my voice. I kind of become... I, I, I feel like my energy gets depleted, to be honest with you, mm. and I get sort of maybe tired and I'm not as happy and I'm not as outgoing. And so then they sort of see a part of me that they didn't see when they first started the relationship with me. So I think it, it's that whole illusion thing. It's like right. what you got up front is now not what you have. I'm guilty of it. And then I see it in the people that I attract. And then it's like, wait a second. And as a Gemini, I'm like, all right, well, now I'm changing my mind now because I changed my mind 10 billion times and I got to move forward and create things. So this isn't working and I don't really even fucking like you. So what are we even doing here? Right. And then I feel like I get stuck with somebody that I don't even like and now I can't get out of it. It's uh-huh. horrible. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Jesus. Jesus Christ is yeah. right. <laughs> wow. That's that whole concept of like your representative. It's like when you go in for a job interview, like that's not you. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly. your representative. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. the first month of dating somebody is always your representative. Right. Yep. Like I'll, I'll admit after my divorce, I casually dated the same thing. Like two month relationship, three month relationship, two month relationship. Yep. Kept trying everything, every different person to see if I could find somebody that I thought it was going to work out with and everything. And every time it was always the same situation. Like I'm very rough around the edges. Everybody who knows me knows that. So like you need to be able to tolerate a lot of just really insensitive shit I'm going to say. And like 
just dumb random stuff I'm going to do, but like I'm motivated. I'm always out there. I'm getting shit done and like all this stuff, but like to a fault, like Mm -hmm. I'm always so busy that sometimes I forget you're there Yeah, and things like that. And like at first that's not me. In that first like yep. month, I'm like the sweetest, most tender person and so attentive. And they're like, oh, my God, how does everybody not love you? And then after like three months when I'm like, well, all right, now you need to fit into my routine. Yes. And then I get into my routine and they're like, well, when the fuck do you have time for me? And I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know. I work two jobs. I have a company that I'm starting on the side. I'm rebuilding my house. I've got three dogs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to school full time. Like, yeah. I don't know what you want me to say, but like there's also more hours in the day. Like we can have time, but like. It's got to fit. It's got to fit. And I kept like overthinking and overworking myself out of relationships because people would be like, well, I want more time with you. And I'd be like, well, we can sit here and we can watch fucking Netflix and do nothing. Or I can go back to school or Mm -hmm. I can be out making money. Right. So like. It's almost like you have to slow your life down to be with the other person. You do. You do. And then you resent them for it. Yes. But why does it have to be that way? Why can't everyone's shit work together? Like, why can't they be an arrangement that like, okay, you're fucking busy. I'm fucking busy. It takes time and energy to nurture this relationship. Can we like, I know this sounds so lame. Can we schedule time? But that's Marriage Inc. That's Marriage Incorporated. I listened to a podcast from Tony Robbins that talked about exactly that. All right. So there's. In that podcast, there's this triangle of things that you have to have for a healthy relationship. And so in Marriage, Inc., Marriage, Inc. is a business relationship where two people recognize the other person's motivations in life. Like, you know, I'm I'm busy. I'm driven. I'm going to do all these things. They're going to happen. Would you like to be there? If so, I recognize that you're also busy and you're going in this direction. We could do it together and we could create an LLC, so to speak, via marriage, Right. And the agreement is, is that I will support you and yours. You will support me and mine and we will find time and it will work like a business. Right. And those relationships, they say they last because it's it's on that that level right there. But those relationships are also missing certain pieces of this triangle, mm-hmm. like the passion, mm-hmm. uh, the sensuality, all that other stuff. They yep. could be lacking because yep. it's more of a business. Arrangement. Yep. Huh. Wow. That's fascinating. Marriage Inc. I like that. I do too. That's actually one of I, I thought it was pretty cool. And then they're like, but that's unhealthy. And I was like, well, fuck you. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the one I want. I mean, there's a degree of that that's unhealthy, but it's definitely if a, it's just it's that one of the pillars that needs to happen. Like I think of my relationship with my soon to be wife and yep. like, I'll admit this was probably the first relationship where I've ever just been like fully open and honest and transparent, like on a first couple of dates and stuff. Like we did this thing where we just asked each other really brutally honest questions. Like the first three or four dates were like the most absurd thing. Like if you were on one of these dates with us as a fly on the wall, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> ah, what yes. in the fuck are you guys doing talking job about this stuff? Like you're <laughs> totally going to throw out a relationship in the first three dates. Yeah. But, like, we dug in on everything. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to have kids. I never want to have kids. Like, yeah. since I met my soon-to-be wife, I had a vasectomy. I'm mm. not having children. Yeah. And it was a sticking point for me. And we talked about it on our second date. I literally looked right at her and I was like, what's your prerogative on having kids? I was like, I'm in my 30s and I don't want them. And she was like, I don't want kids. And I was like, I hope you understand. Like, I'm telling you I don't want kids. And as soon as my doctor gives me the green light to get a vasectomy, I'm getting a vasectomy. Like, he's been telling me, no, I'm going to change my mind. But for almost 15 years, I have not once wavered in my thought that I do not want to breed. I do not want children. And we were having that level of conversation on the first couple of dates. And, like, all the walls were down. Like, all the baggage was out there. Why my marriage failed. We talked about everything up front. We put all the baggage on the table. 
And we were like, all right, do we want to accept the other person's baggage or not? Like, instead of just being that representative, like, we just, we emptied out the bag. Like, here's the whole bag. Let's sort through it. And let's see if we want to do this. I have a question for you, though, because I've done this before. And what I find to happen is that everyone everyone's talking about their trauma and their shit and all their darkness. It's like, because I, I remember I said this in the last relationship I was in. I was like, bro, just show me the fucking darkness now. I'm cool. Just show it to me, but I need to see it. Mm-hmm. What is your fucking shadow? And I ended up seeing it, and I, I, I don't think I could actually handle it, to be honest with you. I think it was a little too dark for me. <laughs> no, really. And I was like, all right, <laughs> forget, forget that question. Yeah. <laughs> forget I asked that. My, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but the problem is, is the theory is is that when you unravel all of that too soon and you build that connection and there's that much passion and fire and everyone's feeling each other and it's like perfect and you guys are in love but it's only like a month so it's kind of fucked up. There's no container to hold that. Mm-hmm. You haven't built the container which is the shadow side of everyone's shit to be able to say like I can actually tolerate that because we have all this other stuff. So what happens to me is like it unravels like that in the beginning. Everyone's putting their shit out there but then – a month, two months in, you start to see the pots of people that you kind of like, eh, I don't know if I really like that. Or that feels a little weird. Like that feels like a pattern or a theme I'm not trying to get involved in. And then there's no container to hold that. There's nothing saying it's okay. Like the fear doesn't have to exist. So when you when you started your relationship like that, my guess is that at some point thing, you started to see like the real true version of each other. How did you keep it? To then move forward as opposed to having no container and then it dissolve. Like you guys obviously have a container. Yeah, I mean, right out of the gate, like we didn't approach it as I need to know these things about you. It was I need to understand these things about you. Mm. So like it wasn't just knowing what they've done, what they've been through, like what we had for experiences in the past. But it's also like you know, why do you think you had that experience? What did you learn from it? How did it help you grow as a human being? Like actually understanding, like taking that level of time, like not just, hey, you know, I was married, I got divorced, it didn't work. Like actually digging in and being like, you know, so my relationship was a little dysfunctional throughout the whole thing. And we knew that both of us. And like when we actually got married, like neither one of us really was into it. But like our families were pressuring us mm-hmm. to do it because we'd been together for so long. And like we actually walked through like all of those things on both sides. Like mm-hmm. what it was like for her growing up as an only child when I come from like the fucking Brady Bunch family. Like mm-hmm. I literally what I got a half brother. I've got. My brother and sister from my parents' marriage. I've got a stepbrother and sister from my father's new marriage. I have an adopted sister that they adopted. Like, we come from the fucking Brady Bunch. So we were brought up drastically different. She was brought up in a pretty well-to-do middle-class family. Mm -hmm. And I was brought up in a pretty low-income family for most of my life. You know, my father's business took off a little as I was in my later teenage years. My mom really landed a good job in my later teenage years. So, like... When I was in high school, we had a little bit of money. I'd Mm -hmm. say we were probably lower middle class, but like we actually took the time to understand how those things impact us and how those things like made us who we are. And I mean, let's be honest, we're both in our thirties. So like (laughs) you're going to have to deal with some shit. Like you're not getting somebody who's in their first long-term relationship. Yeah, No, definitely. Everyone's coming with shit. So you guys seem to like maybe be able to hear that and not react with fear. Like it didn't drive, you didn't hear each other shit and be like, Oh, I I can't do this. Gotta run. Or lie to yourselves and say you could handle it even though you could. That, that too. Well, I mean, I think that's the piece that you come to terms with over time. Like I probably was lying to myself about some shit and she probably was too, but of course, like, you know, 
all the cards are on the table, and over there's no, time, there's no way you just you accept sit, it. There's no way that you sit down on the first two or three dates, and everybody just comes out with everything, and you're like, "No, I'm good with that." Yeah. No, you say you're good with it because you want to try to make it work. Yes. Right. You say yep. you're good with it because you believe that maybe if you can find other good pieces of them to grab onto and create that container, that over time those things will be acceptable. Yes. Right. Like they're not complete disqualifiers they're still fucked up yep you know i'm like i, I think maybe yeah maybe <laughs> that might be all right does it happen all the time every tuesday you know but like it i think we're all lying to ourselves in the beginning because i was just reading this uh while you guys were talking i was reading this uh tweet that this person put out a uh, uh, neil strauss and I, and I took it off of um this uh relationship institute um facebook page that i follow and it says uh, every relationship comes with problems and challenges if you're shopping for the perfect relationship, you'll be shopping till the day you die. Yeah. Right. So like mm-hmm. we all come in looking for the version that we want. Yeah. And then we we I hate to say this because it's going to sound terrible, but we settle for what we can get. Yeah. The closest we can get. Yes. To that. And, you know, wh- what it comes with, like every time I've ever stepped into a relationship. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm not stepping into relationships where everything could be fine. Yeah, no. If you're also in your 40s and you're single and we met, then we both fucked up somewhere. Yep. <laughs> yep. The odds are, I mean, uh, the odds are pretty high that that's the case. So, you know, I think that whenever I've tried that myself, you know what I mean? And, and I think everybody does. We learn lessons along the way. And I've come in and, and said, same thing. Like, I just want to be as upfront as I can. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I've learned. I, up until... Recently, um, you know, I come from a similar background to you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I, I also have a history of drug issues, right? And so most of my relationships from high school, like you were talking about high school relationships, yep. all my high school relationships were fucked up and drug fueled. Yep. Um, and then even into my young adult years, I don't have a history of relationships without that stuff. And so trying to have normal relationships that aren't fueled by the sickness of addiction is really, really weird for me. Yep. And I don't know the difference between a good one and a bad one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know if it's unhealthy because I got no reference, no frame yep. of reference. Yep. And so um, I love listening to other people talk about them like U-Dubs or, or, or U-Starseed or whoever because I'm still learning. Hell yeah. And I think uh, my friend's father said it best, um, you know, looking for somebody to, to be with. He said, uh, they're all crazy. Just pick one. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> pick, pick the crazy you can deal with and yep. just run with it because that's that's what a relationship is. Two people's worlds colliding, two people getting comfortable with each other's weird shit and yep. trying to find a way to coexist, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think relationships are reciprocal. I don't, and I think I think every relationship is essentially some sort of transaction. And I really do think whether it's emotional or whether it's you know practical, however it may look, business related, whatever. I think you. See, that's the problem in most of the relationships that I've been in is it's been an inverse relationship. I've given more than I've received. Mm -hmm. And so it always drains me and it always feels like it takes from me. And there have been times where I've come pretty close to people that can sort of match that. But still, it ends up being back to what you said, that I don't have enough time to nurture the relationship and they want more from me and I can't give it. And then it's like I have to choose between my career and the relationship and what we started out as the contract saying that like everyone would have their own time now we don't have our own time and now it's just a mess and so i think when you enter into a relationship i think everyone has to have a balance even if you're entering with an illusion if the illusion is that okay you're getting something out of this but i'm getting something out of this too and it's worth it for me and this kind of works 
That's sort of how you create that balance. And once it becomes inverse, that's when people start getting resentful. That's when the unconscious shit starts coming up because then no one's talking about it. Because then you're trying to tell yourself that you're kind of okay with it when you know deep down you're for a fact not okay with it. But you're trying to convince yourself that you are because you've already invested this time and I've created this thing. And then you got the fear of what if we just tell each other the truth? Yeah. Would we ruin it? Would it end? Yeah. Yeah, and what like is that, that. going to look like? Like, it's that not but that exists. like yeah, across no, the board. It's always existed. It does. Yeah. Like I've been in relationships like that where it's like I'm sitting there not just li- like omitting things, but like lying to myself. Yeah. And I'm believing my own lies. Hell like, yeah. Ugh. But like, I don't know. I mean, it, they say this and it sounds cliche, but like communication is the cornerstone of any relationship. Yep. Absolutely. And it's not just communication, but it's the ability to be vulnerable around the other person to like actually let your guard down and actually say what you're thinking and the way you're thinking it Mm -hmm. and trying to have them understand your actual prerogative, not just listen to the words you're saying, but like actually understand what you're saying, why you're saying it and what the motivation is behind it. So like, I'll be honest with you earlier this year or last year, I had way too much on my plate. I was going to school full time, working, starting a company, part of a couple of social groups, and I was not home hardly at all. And my fiance took me aside and she was like, look, honestly, I think that you're just you're overstretching yourself. You just want to keep pleasing people. And Sweets here actually had invited me into another social group that I really didn't have the time for. But I agreed and I was like, yeah, let's drop the paperwork. Let's get this thing done. Like, let's do it. Let's found this thing together. And when she talked to me, I thought about it and I was like, you know, this is just another two to three days a month that is going to take me away from my relationship, take Mm -hmm. me away from time I spend with her. I'm going to have to make accommodations in my schedule and sacrifice things that we do. Like every Friday night, we always hang out together. Like Mm -hmm. we just, that's one of our things. Like every Friday night. Unless you have something really fucking pressing, yeah. Friday nights are for us. Fuck and that, other was, and that was when our social group met. And that was when our social group <laughs> met. And I was going to have to change that part of our multi-year routine that yep. we have. Yep. And she talked to me about it and told me how it made her feel. And I thought about it. I did some inward reflecting. At first, I got pissed off about it because I was like, who the fuck are you to tell me what I can and can't do? And then I thought about it. And I was like, you're actually the person who can tell me what I can and can't do. Like... You're the only person whose opinion really matters yeah. to me about what I do. Or at least give you cause to rethink what you're going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and that's, I, I backed out of the social group. I actually did. backed out of two other things that I was doing. And I cut back to going part-time for school again because she was right. I was we, spending We have a plaque of you up of on the time. wall as a fallen soldier. <laughs> so you're in the social group now. <laughs> but that would be cool. That would have been fucking One awesome. man down. <laughs> Rip. One man down. Do you guys feel like, though, that like, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just, maybe I'm better at being more cognitive and more vocal than I am being more emotional because I feel like all relationships that I've been in, if I really, really, really connect with that person the way that they want me to, it's on an emotional level and it's always emotional and it's always about what we feel and what we think and the combination of the two. And it's like, I, I find that so exhausting. Why does it have to be so much about what you feel and what I feel and how we feel and talking about the feelings? Why so much of it, though? Why? I know. Why are so Can many guys talk such chicks about their emotions? Right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Seriously, I get caught up in my feelings, and I, I'm like, why am I all up in my feelings? Like, why can't we just 
be. Yeah. Can we just think and talk? Do we have to feel so much all the time? And it's like, I feel like I'm always forced into that. It's like, no, but get vulnerable. You have to be more vulnerable. What do you really, how does it make you feel? Don't just, don't just tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what you're afraid of. And it's like, my life experience This conversation is, right here, right yeah, now is yeah, what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Let's stop it. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like my life experience is telling me that like when I do get vulnerable, people end up using that against me in some way. And so it's not a real safe place for me to be to always just let you know what sort of makes me tick or the thing that like really, really upsets me because in the past people have fucking used that. Right. So it's complicated. It's they like, weaponize it. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. true. And in, in narcissistic family structures you see that pattern get replicated out in, in your relationships when they start weaponizing. So it's it's a real fucking thing. But because you come from that family structure, I feel like a lot of times you draw that in. So you're drawing in that type of personality structure. So in my in my real job, my day job, I have to work with uh, trust a lot. I work with families. And so, you know, constantly the families are coming in and the kids are coming in and, you know, the kids are like, I don't know why my parents don't trust me. And I'm like, well, let's take a look at what you do. You know, <laughs> look at what you do throughout the day and why they don't trust you. And usually it has to do with drugs and lying and all this other stuff. But the, uh, the, the, the solution to that is that in order for the, the person, the child who's trying to make changes to, to, to build trust, the parents have to give them an opportunity to be trusted, right? And it's hard for the parents to understand because when I explain it to them, I'm like, all right, well, they want, they want the opportunity to rebuild trust, which means you have to give them an opportunity to be trusted. Yep. And, you know, I think that every relationship that I've ever walked into, I've walked in with fear, insecurity, and trouble being vulnerable for mm-hmm. that exact reason that you just talked about mm-hmm. is that it's been it's been weaponized or it's been exploited or used against me. And so it's almost like you have to come into each relationship willing to be vulnerable in spite of the fact that vulnerability has been a problem in the past. Right? Yeah. And that you have to get you have to start that relationship off at zero as though nobody's ever hurt you before. Fuck. That's fucked up. Isn't that terrifying? That's horrible. But that is the solution. I mean, you just said it yourself that, you know, Dubs, in the beginning, it was vulnerability and being able to sit and, and you know, be open and have that communication and be vulnerable, which is what allowed that, you know, the seed of that relationship to grow. But you've got, you know, you've got trust issues, I'm sure. You've got fears and insecurities. And I know we all do. And you're, if you don't, you're weird. Stop listening. <laughs> But, you know, we all do. And I think that it's it's really, really fucking hard to yeah. put those down and just assume that this person is not like everyone else. Yeah. And that's the only way that I think it could work. And I fucking hate that. Yeah. But <laughs> think mean, about it. You're, you're putting your trust so in somebody scary. that you don't know, though. So that's the part that gets tricky. And if you have the pattern to draw in people that, let's say, are looking for something from you, like what can you give them? Or what can they get out of you? To go into that and just drop everything and let them know everything. And then and then you find out that they're really here because they fucking live in Boston and they need your house to get on the train because it's convenient. You and that's why they're... Agenda. Yeah, they, they have a full <laughs> agenda, like yeah. operating underneath the surface that you're just trying to figure out. Like that's fucking asking a lot from somebody that has a lot to lose if they let it all out to somebody that they right. don't even know. Right. It's fucked up. It's a lot. I so, have... I have done, as I told you guys before, my a lot of my previous relationship experience is based on uh, while I was not necessarily a great person, which means that I did a lot of bad things in good relationships. I was usually the one that was out doing bad things like cheating or lying or whatever it was. And because I lived that life and because I did those things, it's kind of like the, the cheater suspects cheating when they're cheating. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Because I don't do those things anymore, but because I did them, 
I know what people are capable of at a very strange level. And it bothers me because sometimes I come into a relationship and that person's probably not even capable of those things, but I just assume that they are because I know how bad people can be, you know? And like, I don't know how to get rid of that, you know? And I know this isn't therapy guys, but uh, (laughs) it's like, we're we're talking about real stuff. We're talking about relationships and they're really, really hard. I just started the timer to bill you the one fifty an hour. (laughs) Well, you can fucking rip that bill right up. (laughs) I'll pay pay you in Reese's, (laughs) Bubba Burgers. And we'll see how that works out. <laughs> but that, I mean, I, I walk in terrified every time that everyone that I meet, I just assume that they're capable of those things. And I got to let that go. I got to be able to let go of that fact and just meet people where they're at and, and trust until they show me I can't trust. It's so hard. Oh, my God. Isn't it's it? Hard. Like, I, I Why mean, is that so hard? I'll be honest with you. I've been through a ton of failed relationships. You know this. Yeah. And like... Even the relationship I was in before my current relationship. So the last relationship I was in before I met the one. Yep. Like, I will tell you right now, Kim is the one. And I love it. She's awesome. Like, everyone that knows her is like, no, the two of you are fucking designed for each other. It's yep. like somebody literally just took a pen and pen, uh, paper and drew two perfect fit people. Mm-hmm. Like, we, that's my relationship. Mm-hmm. But the one I was with before this, we had a what seemed like a really good relationship. And I, you know, I trusted her. I let her move into my house and all of these things. And turns out that she was hiding that she was a raging alcoholic and I had to get her treatment and we had to get her detoxed Mm -hmm. and she was continually lying to me and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And it sucked. Yeah. And here I am thinking, you know, this is a pretty strong relationship. Never to the point that I thought like, Hey, let's make that next step commitment. But like we lived together for a while and like, I was thinking, okay, like this is going pretty good. And then yet again, the fucking rug gets pulled out from underneath you. But then even after that relationship ended, when I was ready to get back up on that horse, I was like, well, I have to be willing to get hurt again. Yeah. Like I have to be willing to get my heart broken every single time I get into a relationship, because if I'm not willing to get my heart broken, then I'm not willing to give a relationship the 100% that it deserves. To be in a relationship. And that's what I was saying earlier when I say when we bring things into the next relationship. Yeah, we all bring baggage. I mean, that's fine. We all bring a backpack of shit. And at some point, somebody needs to look in the backpack and decide if they want to help you carry that shit. Yep. But that's the part I was talking about that, you know, bringing things from previous relationships to this relationship, you know, to the new relationship is that a lot of times I find myself bringing the things that other people have done to me and projecting them on this new person and now I'm like extra cautious, assuming this person's going to do the same thing when they haven't given me any indication that they will. Yeah. I just project that on them. Yeah. And then I fucking destroy the, just smother the relationship. Just fucking meh. Yep. Because <laughs> you don't trust them? Because you, you you think that there's some sort of underhanded operation going on. Like they're yes. hiding up some yes. part of their life. Fucking conspiracy. Yeah. No, but <laughs> let me ask you a question though. Dead, dead serious. Because I can give you a couple examples that'll fucking blow your mind on these relationships that I've had. Where the, the people are living a double life. They're yeah, literally, these aren't unfounded fears. No, it's been validated. <laughs> this that is some ass. real shit. Yeah, this is the problem is that it's real shit. Yeah. So then when you have those experiences where your mind has been blown because you have caught people doing things that nobody would ever imagine in the history of the world. Yeah. How the fuck are you able to go into a new relationship if you start to see some shit that you're like, mm, I don't know if I like that. That's looking a little shady. And then you follow the trail and it's fucking 
it's about as dark as it could possibly get. Like, yeah. how do you then say, oh, it's cool. I'm going to just accept your shit. Yeah, this, okay. all, this isn't that. Yeah, this the is, last yeah. three times it was, but this one's not. But this not. one's different. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is supposed well, and to that's, do? That's it. And, and I guess that's the part that I, I struggle with is putting that down. Right? And giving, giving somebody new the benefit of the doubt yeah. that they are not like everybody else. You know? And, and or that, not even that they're not everybody else, but that... My previous experience is not relevant here. Okay. Right? That if we're going to start over fresh, if we're going to start over new, you're going to be you, you're going to be, you know, you're saying, I I'm going to take you at face value, mm -hmm. right? That what you're saying is true. And I'm coming in saying what, what I'm saying is true. But at the same time, we both have these underlying fear. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you sneaking the Reese's. <laughs> you guys don't even know what's going on in here. There's Reese's all over the place. Empty wrap is all over the floor. <laughs> It's just uh, a sugar binge. Like yeah, crazy right now. We are on a yep. rapid sugar high right yep. now. It's, it's it's on. Ripping it. But that you know you got to take this person at face value and just assume that they're not, or that they're not even capable of it. Mm. Otherwise, mm. it's constant. It's almost like you're hyper vigilant for something that's not there. You can almost manifest. I was it, so just going to gonna speak, say it. Right. You could almost make it happen. You could make it happen. I've seen that. It's happened on both. I've been on the receiving end of it with a person is so convinced that I'm doing the wrong thing. And I'm not going to say that they caused me to do the wrong thing, but the relationship became so toxic and unsettling that I just went and did something else instead. Yes. You know what I mean? Or on the receiving, on the, on the other end where I pushed so hard that I pushed the other person right away. And yep. I made that thing that I was afraid was going to happen, happen. Yep. And that is, a, that's a sickness. Yeah, man. Yep. That's a sickness. <laughs> You're well, telling me. I need a med I need medicine. <laughs> okay, sweet. I still love you. <laughs> I, need, I need medicine. <laughs> Relationship medicine. Is this is it like this for everybody though? Well, I guess that's the question. I mean, I assume if you've made it this far into the episode with 33 minutes in and you're still listening that you've probably got similar experiences or you would have been like these people are fucking nuts. So, um, I assume that there's a lot of people that go through different versions of this. You know, so wild yep. that you have this cumulative experience of relationships that you bring to the table. And it's like, I am I am terrified of being hurt again. Yep. And so I'm this time because of the way the last relationship damaged me. I'm extra sensitive over here. Or I'm extra vigilant over here. Or you've got to do extra work to convince me you're not this person. Yes. And then there's extra expectations or there's extra extra that needs to be put into the relationship. Yeah. And I fucking wish I just wish now this is pipe dream but i just wish that i could turn off my previous experience and just meet someone cold you know just just yeah. fresh and just be like you know what how about if we both just put all our past experience to the side and just meet each other where we're at face to face and just start from here yeah like is that even possible i mean i feel like that's what i did in this relationship mm. well maybe that's well, why yours works and yeah. mine don't let's, yeah, for real. let's talk about it though because like this is the first relationship that worked. I met her when I was already in my thirties. Yeah. Like I have a laundry list of train wrecks before that. Mm. You do. Like, I know some of them. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, that's, I've been there for years. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a whole ton of crap that didn't work before I finally found one that did work. And right. I think it's, I think the problem is the fear of what happens if it does work. What happens if that's this is the person too. that, I really should be with. And I think that prevents a lot of people in relationships mm. too, because like, even if it is somebody who you think might be doing this or might be doing that, like 
eventually you'll get to a point where you trust that they're not or they've validated that they're not in your head like you don't have to be outward about some of those suspicions that are fucking right. you up in your own head like I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't carry some of my previous relationship baggage into this relationship like my last girlfriend before I met her was a raging alcoholic and somehow managed to hide it from me who grew up in a family of alcoholics and drug addicts yeah. has been working on and off in addiction <laughs> recovery over the years. Right. And somehow I didn't realize that there were liquor bottles in my box spring and oh, shit, shit like that. Like I didn't see it and I was living with the person. Right. So mm. like, but then I go into my next relationship and I really was willing to just clean slate. Like I hit a point where what I wanted was the last relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't just want a relationship. Mm -hmm. I want the last relationship. And yeah. I was that level of scary on first dates. I was like, look, I am at a point in my life where I am treating every single relationship like you are the last person I'm ever going to be with. Mm. And I'm going to show you that level of dedication and respect. And that's what I'm going to expect from you is that you treat this like this is the last relationship you're ever going to be in. This doesn't have an end date. It doesn't have an expiration date. Like I'm not timestamping it. If we're going to date, you will be the person that I die next to until you're not. So date as if. Wow. I like that. This is interesting. Now think about it. Revolutionary. It ch change Fuck the way yeah. that you view somebody. It's no longer a short-term thing. It's not, hey, can I tolerate this person for mm -hmm. six more months or nine more months? Now it's, can I be with this person for the rest of my life? Every decision that you make at that point is like, is this person the right person? Is this the last relationship? And just treat it like that. Like that's, that's how that's I treated this relationship from day one. And I have not once in this entire relationship second guessed myself that this was going to be the woman that I die with. Like I still don't. I've got almost three years of experience living with her. Hmm. And at no point have I ever wavered once that's in incredible. my conviction that this is going to be the last relationship that I'm ever going to be in. And I feel like I've been willing to embrace a lot about her and her family and her family dynamic and things that I've never been exposed to, things that were very alien to me, things that have made me self-conscious. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a blue-collar guy who grew up in a really aggressively working-class family, and her family's not like that. But mm -hmm. then I dig in and I peel back the onion, and her dad is like that. He was raised very similarly to how I was raised. Big family, lots of kids, not a ton of money. He worked really, really hard to get to where he's at. And me and my soon-to-be father-in-law get along tremendously. Like, he gets that I'm a little rough around the edges. He was a little rough around the edges when he was my age. Works his ass off, though. I work my ass off. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a ton of respect there. But if at first glance I just went, you know, she comes from a pretty well-to-do middle-class family. We're not going to get along because in previous relationships, like I dated girls whose parents had some money and it didn't work because yep. I felt inferior yep. because I didn't graduate from college. Mm -hmm. But now here I am and she's avidly supporting me going back and finishing school. I'm going to get my associate's degree this December. Then the rest of my credits from college are transferring in. I'm immediately enrolling back into the bachelor's program yes. and like – her whole family is supporting me in this endeavor, but I've never gotten that level of support from somebody in the past. Mm -hmm. Like I've been through all those terrible, like selfish people and all of those things. But like at every point in this relationship, I've been willing to give her the benefit of the doubt and she's been willing mm -hmm. to give me the benefit of the doubt and it's worked. It's just worked. Mm -hmm. like, so you I'm, guys, I mean, you have established a contract right up front and not an much. unconscious contract, a conscious contract. 
where you said, I'm dedicated to you 100% and my goal is to be with you forever. So now we can abolish the fear that I want anything else but you. I want this to work and I want to be able to work it with you. And if that person can be there for you to sort of match that, that's kind of incredible because I was, my question would be, was like, all right, so one of my biggest fears is somebody just walking a double life, doing things, whether it's cheating or whatever, just having something that I am not aware of. And I'm not saying not do it. I'm just saying I need to know and that we can, we can work through things, but I need to know and see fucking everything. And so if I were to enter in a, in a relationship and I was able to have a conversation with somebody and I said, my biggest wound is that I'm afraid of getting cheated on or you having sort of a separate life and that person say well guess what my commitment to you can be that I am absolutely not going to cheat and that I'm not interested in that and whatever and not just words but actually have an authentic conversation where you can feel like okay okay now I don't have to worry about that right let's focus on the other things yeah I mean that takes time to build up that level of trust though like in the first six months of our relationship, like we said those things to each other, but I don't know if she but was who suspicious would, of me. And right. who would like, say the other words though? Like who who would answer the question the other way? Yeah, I know. That's like when you ask the question now, and they're like, "No, I, I'll probably cheat on you." <laughs> now, and I may have a second. I, have, I may have another life. But think about how uncomfortable <laughs> you would feel as that person that's now blatantly lying at the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's but how do you, how do you even know if you're lying with that? How do you even know but, if you're lying? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that a lot of people come into it with the best of intentions. Like, people come into a relationship and like, are you ever going to cheat on me? No. I don't want to. You know what I mean? I have no plans to. I'm, I'm not that type of person, but, you know, I don't know. See, sweets, I don't know. Maybe you, you and I have just had different experiences in relationships because I've actually entered into relationships where people already have the secret life going and then they fit me into the puzzle. True, true. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. So then it's yeah. kind of like, all right, well, we didn't start off authentically pure here right. and where things then went wrong and you can kind of understand why people strayed or whatever. Like, like you're fucked up. Like, you're already fucking doing some dark shit and you want me to be a part of it. Like, that's the shit that I run into. <laughs> right, 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 right. They, so, pull you, they pull you in as like the plus three. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're on the roster somewhere. You fit in there. And you think you're the only one, but you're not. You're just, exactly. yeah. I'm just letting you know it's so like I'm on less the team. than 1% of the time that he leaves his wife. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Shit like that. So like, we're, I'm on the team. That's cool. Yeah, right. But they're not even, they're, you're not even having the conversation about being on the team. It's like if, if I knew I was just on the team, well, then I could maybe filter through what I want to filter through. But, but you're not even telling me that there's a fucking team. But that's the thing is, I mean, who, who, I guess, I mean, maybe some people do. Maybe some people come in and like, no, I need, you know, multiple relationships. And if you can't handle that, then you got to be out. I guess that would be some genuine shit. I that can would that. be. That would be. You know, and then I'd make a decision accordingly. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <But for laughs> some people at some phase in their life, that might be what they're looking for. True. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll tell you true. right now, if somebody came into my life right after my divorce when I wasn't looking for something right. serious and they were like, hey, look, I'm just looking for something casual. I'm probably going to keep dating around too. Yeah. I'd have probably been like, yeah, that's fine. Like, fuck it. I don't really care. Like, I'm not looking for an emotional connection here. Like, (laughs) we could do that. Like, I probably would have been fine with it at that phase in my life. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, fast forward another five, six years to where I was when I met my now fiance. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not where I was at. What I was looking for is the last one. That's it. These are my goals. This is what I want to accomplish in my life. This is where I see myself in 20 years. Do you want to be that person that's there with me 20 years from now? Yeah. And what's your dream look like? Where do you want to be in 20 years? Is there enough synergy there? Is there a way that we can take a lot of what I want and a lot of what you want and build a life together? Like right. the very first couple of conversations we had were, if this is forever, what groundwork do we lay now 
to build a life together. Right. Everything is based on the foundation. Think about it. You build a house. It's all about the foundation. If your foundation sucks, the fucking house is going to fall down. Mm-hmm. So we built a relationship on a strong foundation built on honesty, trust, communication, and similar life goals. Yeah. What does our long-term look like? And can we align your long-term with my long-term and built a relationship around all of those things? Yep. We right. found all the common interest on our, our first date was just a casual lunch date, which then turned into lunch, then turned into us going to a movie together, then turned into a nightcap and drinks. And the first date was like 12 hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like we got along right off the bat. We put a bunch of heavy shit out on the table at lunch. And then the rest of the day was like, let's just see if we enjoy spending time together. Mm-hmm. And we did. We had a blast. We held hands at the movie theater. It was wicked queer, but I loved it. I love it was great. awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's the cool little shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah. Relationships are a bitch. Yeah. They are. I mean, for, from my perspective, I mean, I just, like I said, I don't have a good history of them. And, you know, I think that uh, if, if I did, I'd probably still be in one, uh, but yeah. I'm not because I don't have a good history of it. And, I, as I said right from the beginning of this podcast, that the common theme tends to just be me, mm-hmm. um, and that I, I either run from things and end things, burn them down. But the 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 whole idea of like, so I I had a uh, I had a relationship where it started to it started to fall apart and it started to crumble, and I did what I always do, and I was like, all right, it's just done. And I just I buried it. It was over. And then I talked to a friend of mine and he was like, you know, that's not what you do with relationships. And he's like, you know, things will get hard. Things will get difficult. Things will change. People will change. But you change and you grow together. Right. And if you can accept like uh, if you want them to accept all the stuff that you come with, that you have to accept all the stuff that they come with. And, that you know, sometimes, especially at my age, trying to date and trying to find relationships that they're all going to come a little broken. Um, and the question is, do you want to fix it together? Do you want to work on it together? And that's terrifying yep. for a whole bunch of different <laughs> reasons, yeah. you know, because I know that that work is going to require me to do some work on myself, that I'm going to have to be patient with them while they do work on themselves. Um, and then, you know, Dubs, you brought up a good point, which is the, uh, what if it does work? Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever, uh, heard the phrase, uh, don't ever do anything well that you don't want to do more than once. Uh-huh. Um, you know what I mean? That like once you actually start to work on it and then there's expectations yep. that you're going to continue to be that person and work on yourself. And that means you have to let go of certain parts of yourself that maybe you're not ready to let go of. And so, you know, the fear of success in a relationship often scares me off. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm terrible at this. <laughs> so I, feel, I feel like I'm a little kid interviewing an adult on how to do adult stuff. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. I'm like, I'm 43 years old and I'm sitting here we're like Starseed and I are interviewing dubs on like how to be, how to, so what do we how do? We, how do we do this? Wait, so, so, no, wait, so what do I we do? Do you guys want the playbook? Yeah, this is fucked up. No, no, the Barney Stinson playbook. Like, like this car, like I, I jump into these podcasts and I always feel like I know what I'm talking about. I'm in on this one. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever topic. And then we get into relationships and I'm like, I, 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 Oh my oh, God. Did, you want some real relationship shit? Yeah. You know, the weirdest conversation I've ever had and the most productive conversation I've ever had in a relationship was when me and my now fiance had a fight about how we fight. Oh, that's my favorite. So we talked about it. 
what she doesn't like about how I fight with her, what I don't like about how she fights with me, and we had a fight about how we fight. Yes. Uh, it's, that was and a productive conversation. So. the way that we have fights. Yes. So now our fights are actually really productive. Yes. Our fights barely, like, our fights are a blip. Yeah. Like, our fights went from being, like, a six or a seven when we'd get in a fight, like, to a big fight for us now is, like, a two. Yeah. yeah. A two and a half. Yeah. It's like a minor tiff where like <laughs> I get a hair across my ass for like two hours and then yeah. I come back and I give her a hug and I'm like, you were right. I see your point. I hope you see mine. I was definitely a bit of an asshole there yeah. and I'm going to drop it. We can talk about this at another time. Yeah. But like, are we cool? Yeah. And we're cool. I but like we that. had a fight about how we have fights with each other. Yeah. And it was probably the best fight I've ever had in my life. Well, fights about how you fight are usually because everything else is just deteriorated. Like, you fucking say this, and then you say that, and then I say this. Ah! Everybody's looking for fault and blame yeah, instead yeah, it of didn't like snowball. It yeah, became yeah. productive. Like yeah, it like, went from like one of those seven fights about how we fight to yeah. like a two, Can and we was fight like, differently? okay, yeah, no, I recognize true, that you get angry when I say or do this, or if I like, I'm a loud person. I'm not small, mm-hmm. so like I can't help it. I'm loud, but she's very tiny. And she's very soft-spoken. So, like, when I'm loud, it's just because I'm animated. And I'm not yelling. But, you know, she pointed out that when I'm loud, it makes her feel insecure in an argument. And makes her feel like I'm just trying to overpower her when I'm not at, like, that's not what I'm trying to convey. So now, if we have a fight, I work very hard to make sure that if I'm being animated, even though I'm not yelling, I don't feel like I'm yelling, that it could be portrayed as me yelling. Mm. And I'll make a point to put myself in a more submissive position. I may not change my volume, but I may sit down. Yeah. So that now she's taller than me and less threatened huh. by just my size. I'm significantly bigger than her. I'm over two times her size. Like mm-hmm. she's five foot two, three, maybe 112, 115 pounds. You're just under eight feet, 400 pounds. Yeah. 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 I'm like six, two, 260. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a big boy compared yeah. to her. So I get it. That's but like really, that was really one of those great. things that she pointed out yeah. that I didn't think of. But that's in my head. You got to. I'm not about yelling that. in my head. I'm just talking at my normal volume. Yep. I'm not yelling. I'm not angry. I'm just animated because I'm being passionate about the topic that we're talking about. Right. So like I had to acknowledge that that seems threatening to my partner, mm-hmm. and start working on ways that when we're in an argument, I could taper that back. So now if we have an argument, I tend to sit down and things like that so that I don't come across as threatening yeah. and like there and then you was a hear ton of stuff other. like that yeah she's actually able to hear you as opposed to get wounded emotionally and then react out of that place correct and like i know that i have one thing that she really it drives her nuts which is that if i get too emotional in an argument i need to detach i have to stop i just i can't keep talking about this i'll continue snowballing like i'm right. the rabbit hole guy Got to like, know when to get out. Once yeah, I get yeah. in there, the Kenny, I will Kenny dig Rogers. in deep and I will not stop. So, yeah. like, I have to separate myself. And I know it drives her crazy, but she's had to learn that I need that distance yep. in an argument. Because if you give me an hour, I don't need three days of not talking to you to get over it and calm down. I need yeah. 60 minutes. I yep. need adrenaline to stop coursing through my veins yep. so that I can calm down and think rationally. Right. And now that I've got a clear head... Let's continue the conversation. And I know it drives her nuts, but she's had to accept that from me. You know what I mean? Like I accepted that even though I'm not yelling and screaming and trying to be threatening, that I have to make a sacrifice on my side and change my behavior. So she's accepted the same. And like we had that fight 
And do like, you think that's the reason why you guys can sort of get over it within two hours? Because I love that, by the way. Anytime I have a fight with somebody, I love when it can just be dropped and in, in minutes we're back to being happy again. Like That's the type of fight I fucking like. Do you think that you're able to do that because you've made these adjustments and she's able to work with it as well? And that's why it like moves moves so quickly because you guys aren't doing character assassination and bringing up past right. shit and say you always yep. do this or you never do this or whatever. You just in the moment and then you're back and forth. It's almost that technique of mentalization. It's like okay, it's just a conversation. What, yeah, but and you slow yep. it down. It's like okay, what you just said made me feel this. What I just said made you feel that. Okay, let's talk about it. You say in the present moment, like is that? Do you think that's how you guys are able to get over it so quickly? I mean, a lot of it's just you know. We fought a lot. We bought a house together. We did renovations. Like, we've had a lot of fights. I'm not going to say that me and my fiance have never had a fight. Like, it, it's part of being in a relationship is you're going yeah. to disagree with your oh, partner. Yeah. But what we did was we finally sat down and we put boundaries on how we have fights. So, like, that's the thing. Like, if me and Sweets were to just get in a fist fight, all out brawl right now in this room with no rules, it's going to be a fucking shit show. But... If me and Sweets agreed to a certain set of boundaries, like I'm not going to sack tap you, I'm not going to hit you in the face, you're not going to kick me. Like if we came up with some ground rules and we had a nice clean fight (laughs) and the two of us agreed that we had a nice clean fight, afterwards there's not going to be hurt emotions. We're not going to feel bad about it. But if we just went after each other right now with no rules, there's going to be hurt feelings on the other side of it. Yeah. And that's the trick. Like before, it was no rules fights and people got hurt. Yep. And I think that that's one of the things that like comes back to the communication piece. Like we identified and have worked on and still work on. I'm not saying that we have this thing down to a science. Like relationships are work. You're constantly changing, constantly adapting, constantly having something new happen. Like if somebody in my family died tomorrow or something like that could completely change my entire outlook on a lot of things. Mm. And we'd have to have conversations about how things are going to impact me now emotionally and like Mm -hmm. have those conversations. But by putting rules in place, like Mm -hmm. she can call me out on it. Like, hey, you know, we have rules against you doing this. And I can do the same thing. I could be like, look, we've instituted these rules for a reason. And if we play by the rules, we both know that neither one of us is going to get hurt. We can have really hard conversations, talk about really difficult topics. As long as we do it within the rules that we've set, the ground rules that we put in place, we will be okay on the other side of it, no matter what. And just I think a that's fight. the piece. That, of so it. it's just a fight. Yeah, it's just, just a, fight. a fight. Just a fight. Like yeah. it's a clean fight. Yeah, clean. See, I like that. That that sounds productive to me. That sounds like something that you can actually grow from. Because you're right. When you're with somebody 24-7 or whatever the case is, you're going to start to to not like each other at times. But can you talk about it? That's the problem. Like, you guys are talking about communication. Like, if I'm doing something that you don't like, you fucking have to tell me and we have to talk about it because sometimes what I say, I don't really mean exactly that way or it comes off, whatever. You can't not talk about it. Right. And then think things are going to be okay. Well, I'm just, yeah. I'm going to be me unless you tell me otherwise. Exactly. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's up to you to tell me. Oh, being me. me bothers you. Could you let me know which parts? Yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> right? Well, because some things you're not willing to die on the hill for. Yep. Yeah, I'll change it. You know it. what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are plenty of things that I change and yeah. compromise and plenty of things she changes yeah, and I'll compromises. I'll chew with my mouth closed when yeah. you're around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take but, a shit with a door closed. What do you yeah, want? What exactly. do you want? That's all you want? I got you, yeah. So you just got to find the relationship where she'll just walk right into the bathroom while you're taking a dump and hand you another roll of toilet paper. Yeah. That's the best. That's the one. Nice hot room. That's the girl. So so let's let's do some takeaways here. So 
So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my takeaways. So I heard um, that, you know, when, when you're dating or when you're in a relationship, that you should approach that relationship as though it's the only and possibly even the last relationship that you're going to be in. If right? that's what you're looking for. Exactly. If that's what you look well, I mean that's what I'm looking approach for. So these are my what you're looking for. These are my takeaways. If you're yeah. just looking for a booty call, approach it as a booty call. Yeah, these yeah, are yeah, sweets yeah. takeaways. Gotcha. Okay. Sweets takeaways. The Go ones ahead. I'm gonna walk away from today is that if I'm going to get in a relationship, I should I should approach it and attack it as though it is the only and hopefully the last relationship. Because that means I'm giving it everything, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And that communication is key, which means that not only do I need to talk about the experiences that I've had, but what I've learned from them, how I've changed from them, and I need to be open to listening to the other person do the exact same thing, that there should be rules to fights or arguments or disagreements because fights or disagreements without rules allow us to hurt each other in ways that we aren't aware that we're hurting the other person, or maybe we are aware and we're doing it intentionally, but with rules, an argument can just be an argument, and it doesn't have to affect the relationship on a whole. Mm-hmm. Those are my—I'll give you my three takeaways. Those are sweet three takeaways. Yep. So, anyone else got any other takeaways for either yourselves or our listeners to walk away from this podcast with? I like what Dubs was saying about not just coming in and saying, "Okay, tell me your shit," but actually, like, coming from more of a place of compassion of really like understanding it, and then sort of making that contract, whatever the contract is, whatever you sort of expect from each other. Set that up and see if people are on board with that. And then be be mindful of each other's wounds and see if that person can nurture those wounds. If your wound is, I'm afraid of you cheating on me, well, then let's talk about that as this unfolds. Right. What are the things I do that might make you think that's happening? Exactly. So and let's, I, like, process let's it. Let's avoid those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, <laughs> if somebody came to you and was like, well, you know, I'll send you seven or eight text messages throughout an eight-hour day and you don't text me back. And you're like, well... Okay, that makes sense, but I'm at work and my boss doesn't let me have my phone out at work, so I put it in my cubby. Yeah. That's why I only maybe text you like at two different specific times during the day, taking my cigarette break or whatever. Yeah. But like, then you're talking about it. Otherwise, you're just sitting there in your own head going, this motherfucker doesn't text me back. Yes. What the fuck is he doing? Yes. Is he out with Nancy or Karen? Why is he out with Karen? Yes. I don't even like that bitch. Or or (laughs) things like, you know, you can say like when you come home at four in the morning, take a shower and sleep on the couch, that makes me think that you were just out sleeping with somebody. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you come home at four in the morning with no calls, no texts, take a shower and sleep on the couch, you probably were doing something you weren't supposed to. I need need a new reference for relationships. (laughs) 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 All right. Listen, so um, great episode episode right Fucking we got killer. we got like we got some Dude, real I shit got, going on here. i got i got plans now man thanks right. dubs right so, yeah, so, so, dubs where i can yeah. hook me up I, I'm, so, I'm lit get out the ted <laughs> mosby yellow legal pad let's <laughs> yeah. take notes so if you were listening to this and you also benefited from it good for you right another takeaway another w for you um this has been a uh, a wonderful episode of the other stuff podcast Uh, We're going to have more episodes, so keep listening. If you're listening to this and you're on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, get on the social medias. Find us on Facebook, The Other Stuff Podcast. Find us on Instagram, The Other Stuff Podcast. Like, share, comment, rate, rant. I don't know. Do whatever you want, but uh, just listen to the future episodes. Listen to past episodes. And uh, with that, uh, we're going to let you go. We sure are. We've held you hostage for 58 minutes approximately, <laughs> and at this point, we've decided to let you go. Bubba Burgers. <laughs> do it. Do, do it. Do it, Bubba. Come on, Bubba. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you later. Later.